Hello, welcome. Ben here. Thank you so much for joining us on Virtual Man Cave Podcast as we take a not-so-deep dive into life as a man of faith in Jesus. We're continuing our theme of focusing on marriage in the interviews. Check out the Facebook page. Why don't you come along and see what's happening on Virtual Man Cave Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a shout out. Let us know you're listening. Tell us what you're enjoying about the episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Back for another episode of Burger Boys Weekly segment on Virtual Man Cave. We are talking the biggest mouthful burgers that oh. you have tried. Hit mm-hmm. us. What, what, have, what have you had? Incredible. I mean, uh, Royales just do this amazing combination of the biggest mouthful you could get in the four meats, the Frankenstein, and yeah. uh, has a, a beef patty, a chicken patty, oh. bacon, and oh. pulled pork. Oh, my goodness. All in yeah. one. That's four. That's four meats. That's four yeah. meats. That's what you Three want. animals. I mean, yeah. Jeff Howe couldn't finish it, but uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we got that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it is it is a real mouthful that's for sure yeah that and and people think that that all the flavors are going to be competing with each other but there's something about that burger that they kind of flow and there seems to be this beautiful synergy of all the of all the flavors for me it's the burgerzilla at johnny's (laughs) it's actually a challenge burger (laughs) i I have to i had to order that i had to book in it was a kilo a kilo of meat, uh, 1.5 kilos of fries, and heaps of bacon. And you had to finish it in 40 minutes to, to get onto the Wall of Fame. And I took my family there, did a bit of training, <laughs> and I failed dismally. I ate the meat. I've, I've seen you on the Wall of Shame. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually on the Wall of Shame at Johnny's Burgers. That was by far the biggest mouthful. I was not in a good space after that. But what about unique burgers? The, the kind of... Off the centre, not your your go-to, but something that that you've tried that you actually really like. What's that? Yeah, well, at uh, Royale's, they also do a burger with all the sides. So oh, they have yeah. the Frankenstein, but they've got... Mac I, and I, cheese and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but it's it's got all the sides. So, yeah, mac and cheese, potato uh, jams. Mm. Um, I think pulled pork is in it as well, uh, and coleslaw. And it's just like this mishmash. It is a weird one. It's probably one that I wouldn't go back to, but okay. it... Uh, is 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 unique if you like kind of having some sides yeah mm. nice for me it's the dark knight burger i'm not a mm. massive chicken burger oh, fan but at meat one. and bun you've got the the charcoal bun so the the visually it looks really mm. cool you've got the charcoal i think it's a potato bun and then you've got that beautiful southern style fried chicken with bacon and there's a bit of slaw in there. So something a little bit off-center to what I normally have, but that is a beautiful, unique burger to try. Thanks, fellas. Next week. Cheers. Sporting Moments with Dan. We are talking obscure sports with sports enthusiast and journalist Dan. How you going, mate? Every day is a, is a gift. It's a gift. What? Where are we going today? We've been to Italy. We've been to Bangladesh. Where are we heading now to your obscure sport? We're going to Ireland. Ireland. Um, Ireland. To be sure to for, be sure. To, I, I don't know if you're allowed to. <laughs> that, it's 2020, man. Come on. Is that racist? I don't know. 
I don't know, but I'm not going to comment on it. Um, we're going to the sport of hurling. Hurling. So hurling, how do I explain hurling? Hurling is like um, Gaelic football. It's played on the same pitch as Gaelic football. Okay. But instead of running around with like a soccer ball, um, you're running around with a sort of a paddle slash hockey stick. Okay. And the ball is like a very hard baseball. And two teams of probably, I think it's around 15 or, or 16 guys. And essentially you can run with the ball and you need to hit the ball with your stick into the goals. So much like Gaelic football, there's a goalkeeper in a soccer goal, but then there's also the rugby posts that go up. So if you, if you hit the ball over the um, soccer crossbar, but yeah. in between the rugby posts, you get one yeah. point. And then if you hit it under the, the bar into the goals, you get more points. It's pretty chaotic because you can hip and shoulder one another. There's, there are some like head contact rules, but it's very, it's very physical. The guys okay. smack the ball hundreds of kilometers an hour. Like it's so fast off the bat wow. and guys jump up and catch the ball with bare hands. It's played in front of thousands and thousands. It's, it's an, an obscure sport for if you're outside of Ireland, but if you're in Ireland, it's, it's incredible. Like it's a massive, massive thing. Well, mate, Crowds we go do, wild for it. We actually do have listeners of the podcast from Ireland and they're probably listening going, Hey, this isn't, a, isn't an obscure sport. This is a legit sport right now and you're and you're butchering it probably am butchering it because i've only seen it a handful of times but it it looks very fun very wild very physical it's super fast it's high scoring it's very old as well there's like some old ancient stones where there's carved carved bits out of the stone with the hurling paddles so they think they're playing it they, they said it predates christianity it's a very very old game but I'm sure it's just developed over time, but it's, um, it's a wild sport. So hurling, H-U-R-L-I-N-G, um, Gaelic football meets lacrosse, meets a little bit of rugby because it's pretty, it's pretty physical. There's no tackling, but it's like hip, big hip and shoulders. So yeah, super fast, just really cool to watch. It's not like ice hockey where you can't see the puck, it's that fast, but it's, it is still very fast, a lot more faster than hockey. Right, and, and you can use your hand as well as, hitting it with a paddle yeah there's you can do little hand passes you can't use your hand heaps it's more of like a assist with the paddle right but you can if the ball's flying in the sky you can you can jump and catch it but you can't just be like running around picking the ball off the floor and throwing it you right. need to use your, your paddle you know how I, I never like playing hockey because i'm so scared of getting hit in the yeah. shin <laughs> or the face or, or anywhere they hit yeah. the ball so hard and that it's like with hurling they smack the crap out of this ball and the guys jump in front of it to stop it. And it's just, it's chaos. Insane. Well, we've been to Ireland. We've been to Bangladesh as well as Italy for some of these obscure sports. Thanks for doing the research. And I'm sure there's guys, there's listeners who are going to research some of these sports even more. Make sure if you've got an obscure sport that you've heard of, that you've even played, Make sure you're heading to the Facebook page and letting us know, even those listeners in Ireland. Make sure you head yes. to the Virtual Man Cave podcast Facebook page. Give us a shout out. Let us know that you're listening and tell us all about hurling. Sorry, Ben. I will just say, if I have butchered one of these sports, pronunciation, rules, gameplay, anything, come at me. Go tell me I'm wrong. I, I welcome handle, it. Mate? What's your Twitter handle? Dan underscore const, C-O-N-S for September T.
There you go. Save all your vitriol for that, not for the Virtual Man Cave Facebook page. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Thank you. See ya. Unpacking Proverbs for this week. Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. I remember Mike Groves a couple of episodes ago talking about parenting and instilling in his kids the value of their name. What does it mean to be someone that carries your family name? And a good name is more desirable than great riches for people to be able to hear your name and to think good things, to think of integrity, to think of strength to think of faithfulness, to think of kindness. They're the types of things that mean so much more than riches. And so let's think about that. Let's have a think about what our name stands for, what it means. And let's continue to build the esteem, build the strength, build the dignity of our name. Proper dad joke. (laughs) how's it going guys you enjoying this one i i seem to love every one of these jokes that our favorite bristolian dan hamer is bringing are you ready for another one dan would you hit us with another proper dad joke okay so uh today i saw my yoga teacher and they were very drunk which put me in an awkward position (laughs) (laughs) yes thanks mate (laughs) yeah well it's a great privilege to have on the virtual man cave podcast a friend a role model a great man in our church community his name is russell bricknell hey russell hey ben how you doing i'm doing so well Uh, i love chatting with russell on Sundays about all things powerlifting. You are a powerlifter. Well, officially in three weeks' time. Oh, so you're doing a competition? Yeah, it's my first comp in three weeks' time. I'm hoping that there's no one else in my weight category so I can win my first comp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we share share a passion for lifting weights. We also share a passion for our wives, who are different people. You are married. How long have you been married for, Russell? I got it this right. I got it wrong the other night. 32 and a half years. 32 and a half years. That is incredible. And uh, you have two kids yep. from that marriage. Samuel and Ella. And we didn't really think about it at the time, but Sam and Ella doesn't sound good. <laughs> okay. So adult kids, what do, you, what do you love most about being a dad of adult kids at this time? I suppose it's the conversations Mm. and it's the things we're working through. So with Samuel, he's got this fantastic mind for theology and for God and and the conversations we have around the meal table are just awesome. And Ella, who is in Sydney, has got this really sharp strategic mind. So we talk things, business, and we talk about what she's learning and all sorts of different things. And she tells me what to do and gives me advice that's incredible that's incredible we all we all need people giving us advice and our kids seem to be the ones that love to do it the most whether we ask for it or not (laughs) sam has been mentioned on this podcast previously talking about his made creative 
uh, podcast and this this whole YouTube channel that they've created and they're doing an amazing job putting together an album at, at this time. Yep. Recording tonight. Oh, that's that is special. It must be special to 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 see one of your kids just running for, with a dream and a goal and going after it and seeing their gifts kind of come alive. Makes me sort of jealous too because I'd be I'd love to be doing it too. I'm an old sound guy, so right. I love it. <laughs> so what do you, what do you actually currently do? For, for a job? So I work um, as the CEO of Baptist Care. We're an aged care provider. So we deliver residential aged care, home-based aged care and retirement living services to people in Western Australia. That's incredible. And what a, what a need uh, that we have for an ageing population. And it's obviously a particularly challenging season for you guys, obviously over, over East. Mm. There's, some, there's a lot of challenges, but you're probably having to to follow the lead and, and have everything set up and ready to go. How, how's it been for you? Um, the last month and a half particularly has been quite hectic. We've been trying to get our plans even more ready because we're seeing what's going on in Melbourne. Mm, mm. Um, I've got a friend in Melbourne who is CEO of Counterpart Organisation. They've got one facility with 156 people infected, Wow! Um, of which two-thirds of that are staff. They've got another facility going under at the moment. Wow. We sent, I'm part of a national team sending teams into Melbourne at the moment to help out. Huh. Um, we sent a second team from Western Australia today. We've got 70 people on the ground, and of those, 73 of them have got COVID. Far out. So it's pretty aggressive. It's aggressive, but at the same time, we're in a, we're in a unique situation in WA where oh. we can we can reach out and we can help. And so it's brilliant that yep. you've been able to send some team over there to help in this time. We've all just got to join in and, and do what we can to help each other out in this season. You do an incredible job. I'm sure you're leading so well at Baptist Care. Uh, how long have you been a Christian for, Russell? Uh, since I was 13 years of age, 13, 14 years of age. So if I look at my age this week, about 50, 40 years. 40 years a Christian. What continues to compel you to sp- be, be a follower of Jesus? I suppose for me it's grace. It's the story of grace. It's mm. that it doesn't matter what we do or who we are or where we're from, we're saved by grace. There's a, a freedom and a joy in that. And, and the other thing that's a constant theme for me is faith, hope and love. Mm. Um, and that's like the central tenet of, of Christian walk for me. That's amazing. Mm. And, you know, the world offers pseudo examples of faith, hope and love. But from my own experience, I've only been able to find the, the reality of faith, hope and love in the person of Jesus yeah. Christ. Mate, you're leading the charge in, in uh, being a follower of Jesus. Thank you for for doing that thank you for continuing to say yes to follow him and to surrender uh, through the decades and through i'm sure challenging times i want to spend some time tonight talking with you about marriage Uh, you've been married for 32 and a half years that's significant i applaud you we we should all applaud people who have have been married for the long haul Uh, and so i'm sure that there's so much we can glean from this journey of marriage that you've been on let's start from early on, before you were married, take your mind back to that place. I'm sure it's probably hard to go back that far. We need a time, a time machine or something. But go back in your mind to that place before you were married. What what was your attitude, your impression of marriage growing up before you got married? Well, I suppose it comes from my own family. Mm. So 
mum and dad were missionaries in New Guinea. I'm the worst type of kid. I'm a missionary kid. <laughs> and uh, that explains a lot to some people. You know, they celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary this year. Incredible. And growing up, whilst they had hard times, you could see the relationship. And so for me, marriage was about having someone that I could go on a journey together, hmm. um, a best mate, um, uh, someone that uh, was a, a partner with me more than anything else. That's amazing. Journey. Marriage is a journey. That We could leave it there. That is wisdom right there. Marriage doesn't just, once you've, on that, on that wedding day, once you're married, it all just comes together and it's just this beautiful little bubble. It is a journey. So you find the woman that you want to spend the rest of your life with, that you want to go on this journey with. Her name was, is Karen. Summarize that courtship uh, leading up to getting married in a, in a sentence. Fun, friendship, stolen flowers from the next door neighbour's yard. <laughs> Being told to slow down a lot when I'm driving cars. In fact, before we started dating, I almost wrote myself off in the car off. Um, lots of cards. We used to write cards to each other every week, and I think Karen still got them. Oh, nice. Um, seeing and analysing movies together. Um, that was a little bit of a hobby of us. And we used to wag lectures all the time just to catch up with each other. And all, each other. I love it. And the I other one it. was body surfing with Karen and a wave came. I dumped her in the surf thinking that she could. <laughs> and I've never been forgiven for that. <laughs> oh, so your, your, your courtship is full of fun and joy and getting to know each other and you get married. And what surprised you most about married life once you got married? One of the things I always worried about was that we would run out of things to say. Sure. And we found it's quite the opposite. I suppose where you're, where you're, you're journeying things together, you, you, apart from telling each other how you've gone for the day, it's about sharing your hearts and minds. Mm. And, and yeah. that's uh, uh, it, it's as much a journey as going together and doing things. And so for me, that was probably the biggest surprise. We're still waiting to run out of things to talk about. That's nice. Yeah. That's, that's cool. nice. What have been, along this journey that you've been on, what have been some of the, the challenges that you've faced to, to keeping that marriage a focus and healthy and growing? I think for us it's been about finding ways to keep connected, to keep communication going during major change periods in our life right. and at all stages. So yep, yep. We, we invest time and, and we've been really busy at work at stages. So there's been stages where... I've worked stupid hours and had to travel and been pulled off holidays. There's, there's other times where we've both been working um, and both travelling. Um, there's times where I've been in the UK for two weeks at a time. And it's how do we find a way of connecting and communicating in the middle of that, yep. both as a couple and then as a family, um, particularly as the kids came along and, and the kids got older. Well, um, so, so keeping the connection keeping the communication, finding different ways to do that through the different seasons because the way you connected and communicated in one season isn't going to cut it for that next season. So it's it's about adapting, isn't it? All the time. All the time. That's the adventure. That is the adventure. It's the challenge, but it it is an opportunity Mm. to be able to uh, discover those new ways to connect, to communicate, and then discover more about each other. Yeah, yeah. And and to start to cheer each other on when you're doing stuff in your own and, yep. and being yep. the, the fan club. 
and and then doing stuff together and going, hey, wow, we did this together. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. And I'm sure that that's probably an answer to this next question or part of the answer. What do you think are some of the the keys to helping your marriage grow and, and remain healthy over these 32 and a half years? For me, it's been, and, and for both of us, it's been really important. Before we got married, we did premarital counselling and... and the pastor that counselled us said, look at your parents' marriage and look at the things that are good and look at the things you don't like about it. Mm-hmm. Promise yourself you're not going to do the don't likes and focus on building the things that are good into you. And so we've had that framework all the way through. And as part of that, we've, we've made a commitment really early in our marriage to get away together, particularly once kids came along, to spend time communicating, connecting, praying, reflecting, working on our relationship for a weekend, twice a year without the kids, that's been a really important thing. And we've done that regardless of whether we've been living near family sure. or whether we've been living interstate, which has been the story. Yeah. In fact, it's it's one of the, the things for us was as, we, as our kids got older, they would quite often sense when things were starting to get to the point of needing that and they would suggest to us it was time for us to go away. <laughs> Was that for your own good or was that for their own good? I think there was an ulterior motive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, you know, it's the way it works. Absolutely. I think, I think so often people get married and they have kids and then all of a sudden the, the, the focus of the, the family relationships becomes the, the relationship between uh, a parent and the kids. Yeah. And what I've found for us personally is our kids don't feel a lack of love because I choose Karen over them. They actually get security from that because they have a sense that mum and dad are good, mum and dad love each other, and that's creating a supportive, encouraging environment. That has a flow-on effect to to the family, right? And so your kids seeing you prioritise spending time together Um, Because what we can say is we can say, oh, you know, opposites attract and we never really had anything in common in the first place if we feel this distance happening. But you you find things to have in common, right? You find common interests. And so, you know, you you talk here about doing some of the things uh, or, you know, doing some things together that that have created this this shared common interest. And so you love to travel together. Yep. And that's part of who we are. And, and the point you made about your kids and, and the kids not suffering because you're really clear that mm. your relationship with each other is the first thing yep. and then their second, yep. I think that, that's been really important to us and that's been about building the security on which they can mature as Christians and as human beings. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so that for us is where it's at. And then you, you start to build interests together and you, you start to do things. So, you know, I, I was into outdoor activity and, and doing a whole lot of stuff. Karen was into music and drama. So hey, I joined a choir and tried to sing. But I, I've been into sound and production and helping Karen produce things in, in our life. Karen's done hikes with me on the Overland track. Wow. We do that stuff together. And now we go away for all driving together or we go do other things. That is that is significant. It's important for couples, for individuals in the couple to have to have things that they're their hobbies, but I think it's also your what you're saying is so powerful is to have shared hobbies and if you can't find something that's in that you have in common, one of one of the spouse 
jump into the hobby that the other person yeah. has. And for the sake of the marriage, for the sake of the connection, for the sake of the oneness of what you guys are trying to build. And so that's, it's, it's humbling at times because one of you has to lay something down. But it's so powerful because I can see the fruit of your marriage. And there's this oneness and this unity uh, between you and Karen where, you know, I don't think Karen's powerlifting. Very no, often. and if you can help me figure out how to get it to like fishing and golf. <laughs> Exactly. So you're going to have certain areas that you're not going to get each other over the line for. But I think it's important that there's at least one or two things that you, you've got this shared shared interest. And you, you touched on prayer hmm. being really pivotal. Hmm. Do you want to kind of unpack that a bit more, what that has looked like over the seasons for you? And it's changed for us over time. So, you know, there, there's been times where it hasn't been as active as it could have been. There's been other times where we felt really called together for prayer. So, mm. by through prayer, so moving to New South Wales or moving here, yeah. has been preceded by this fairly significant time of prayer where we felt a, a very specific call. Yeah. Um, at times, though, we've prayed, but it's been something that we've done because we know it was what God would want us to do. Yeah. But there's not been any bolts of lightning or anything like that, and it's not always been easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes discerning the heart of God, being obedient to God. Uh, a, a great a great sign is a peace, and when you can both come to that place mm. where you've both been praying separately and together, but you can have that that peace, and it's almost like God saying, "You make the decision. I, I trust you, and I'm going to be with you regardless." Yeah. Prayer is so vital. What do you love most about your marriage? to Karen? Uh, she's my best mate. She's a big member in the fan club. She's the only member in the fan club. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm in. I love watching what she does. I said it was Karen's birthday earlier this week and one of the things I wrote on the birthday card to her was one of the things I admire most is that when we first got married she set her mind on becoming a better person each and every day and she's never given up. Incredible. You know, and, and that's one of the things I admire the most about her. She also laughs like a killer when I do something stupid <laughs> and occasionally snorts. But I didn't say that. She's, no not gonna that. Like, she's not going to like listening to this. But just love and being together. Yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And stepping out and adventuring things. Mm. It's nothing like it. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and you keep each other accountable. You hold each other to account because you know, yeah. you know what's in each other. You know what God's called each other to and you keep encouraging, pulling that up. And so when you see your spouse taking a step back from the, the fullness of the call of God on their lives, it's important that, 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 that we speak up and we do it in a... And vice versa. I, exactly. I think one of the, the biggest blessings in my marriage is when Karen's told me that I'm kidding myself with hmm. things and... Hmm. and that I need to step up and I need to change. Yeah. And it comes out of the desire to see the best for yes. you. Yes. And, and we need to have that openness in communication. Mm. And so let's sum up uh, our conversation. What are the three highlights, the three tips, the three points that you want to leave our listeners with from our conversation? Communication is key and active communication, mm. working through issues, even if you find conflict difficult. Mm. Is critical. The second one for me is investing in time together to reflect, change, and grow. Yep. And and the third is keeping God at the centre of our relationship. Brilliant. 
that is some gold, some pure wisdom. I hope that you have taken one thing, a couple of things, 10 things from our conversation today with Russell. Thank you so much for sharing some of your story. Thank you for continuing to lead the charge, for continuing to be a role model and inspiring us who are a bit further back and uh, continue to do your powerlifting, mate. Thank you. And good luck with your competition. May there be one person in my way. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you. We are back with JR Rules for Fitness with health coach and one of my best mates, pastor extraordinaire, James Rose. James. Hello. Hello, well, my friend. I'm humbled. I'm humbled by that introduction. Every introduction, I'm just humbled. So hey, it's great always to chat with you, Ben. I always leave feeling encouraged and cared for. Oh, that's good. Even on the podcast, mate. I, I, Even on the podcast. I, I love the fact that people are in cars right now. People are maybe in bed. People are exercising, listening to the dulcet tones of James Rose and Ben Gould. That's a yeah. funny thought, isn't it? For us, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit strange. Mate, I uh, love talking fitness and health with you. Such an important part of our lives as guys, that holistic health. And so uh, let's say we, we got, we've got started with our exercise and our healthy lifestyle. Let's, let's say we've got a bit of momentum up. Let's say we've got some great habits in place with exercise as well as eating and then the grind sets in you, you your motivation yeah. just start just gets stalled you start questioning why am i doing this why am i putting myself through this you you're looking at mates who are enjoying the the high life of not doing heaps of exercise getting to drink beer eat meat whenever they want and you kind of start questioning you know life and why you're here, your whole purpose. Yeah. Uh, how do we stay motivated when the grind sets in? The grind, yeah. Look, I love the grind. Um, <laughs> I don't know, there's something monastic about my personality. I love the grind. Give me um, pain. Give me pain. It's, it's not so much about pain. It's just that enduring sufferance. It's kind sure. of like, it's not bad enough to want to tap out but it's n still not quite awesome but motivation is, is a great thing i've had this question even recently with some of my own clients who you know doing great had some great results but mm. then just kind of feeling oh, i've just hit the wall with motivation i just got yep. and it's, it's just quickly it just comes from nowhere it's out of yep. the blue yep. it's going so good last week this week i just can't be bothered doing anything so again, simple stuff, have your goal. What's your goal? Is it yeah. specific? Because if it's a generic goal, I just want to lose weight. I don't want to get fitter for the kids. Like it's not inspiring. So yeah. put, a, put a time frame on your goal and make it measurable. Great. And so what, what a lot of kind of psychology around, around goals and, and, and weight loss, whether that's your, your goal or whatever is really in your fitness thing is something we call temporal landmarks. Okay. So it's that, that point to aim for. So if it's all right, I want to get fitter so I can be more active with my kids. Mm. What's, what's a specific landmark for that? So by wow. my son's ninth birthday, I want to be able to go and do this with them and be really? able to have the endurance and the fitness to do that. So the landmark gives you something. And I've done a lot of Ironman and marathons and the ability to see the finish line, even though it might be, four or five Ks away or yeah. and still another 10 K loop is really motivating because yeah. you know, the finish line is 
not too far away. Don't make it too far away, but make it far enough away to have to keep working. When it comes to motivation, routine is king. So when you first get started and you start seeing great results and the results come quite quickly and it's just all a bit ad hoc, it's, it's self-motivating. But then when the, the results begin to plateau, ad hoc doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So you've got to have that, that daily routine, just that rhythm and that almost like that, that metronome of routine just going every day so that you can, your body knows when and where. Accountability is just have someone to keep you accountable, whether that's Brilliant. a mate, trainer, a mentor, a coach, keep yourself accountable. And then I would say lastly, when it comes to motivation is just be gracious to yourself. Yeah. You know, give yourself some space to fall off the wagon every now and then, whatever works. Some people love doing cheat days every week. So you might, for me, I don't like cheat days because then they become cheat weeks and cheat months and viral <laughs> quickly, but just be gracious to yourself and just give yourself some space. It's okay not to be perfect and just, just keep working. I always say to, to my clients that kind of come at me and say, oh, I've fallen off the wagon or just haven't had any motivation. I just say, just when it comes to exercise or food, the next decision you make, just make a good one. The next yeah, decision. Great. That's a very um, good, that's a very that's good uh, piece. The of moment you're, you're now your present, your moment is the only thing you got control of. So for lunch or for breakfast or for dinner, whatever your next meal is, just make a good decision. And again, with, with your workouts and you, you're hitting the gym or you, you hitting the road or whatever, not every training session has to be race pace, yes. you know, simulation kind of thing recovery you know if you're a cyclist recovery rides or recovery runs or mm. you know just lower intensity stuff just to keep the body moving and in routine but not under load all yeah. the time yeah, you can't drive cool. a car red you can't redline at every single session mm. you, you're gonna blow up if you do that so vary the gears at which you you train but keep doing something that's that's so important absolutely, absolutely. that's huge thanks so much mate that's some great Great words there, and I'm sure it's going to help some of our listeners. All right, mate. Excellent. Speak soon. Thanks for having me. We've reached the end of the episode for this week, so thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your support, your encouragement. Keep checking out the Facebook page, and have a wonderful week.